Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, I want to welcome you to Journey. I'm Bobby Smith. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're so excited. Uh, We're in week two of a series, and I want to kind of get everybody up to speed, because last week we started the series, When You Pray. And I started by saying, because it's from Matthew chapter 6, I literally started out by saying this. It was an assumption. Jesus assumed that his followers were going to pray. He said, when you pray, not if you pray. And we're called as, as people of God. And so when Pat makes a comment that we're a praying church, it's not that we're just a praying church. We believe in not just the prayers, but we believe in the one we're praying to, that God's going to answer our prayers. And so it's an exciting week as we kind of unfolded everything last week, and we talked about kind of the essence of prayer, what prayer really was. Um, this week, um, I'm going to kind of go a direction that's it's kind of interesting. And uh, just to be honest with you, I have to kind of think through this, and I, I've been thinking how, how to set everything up today. But i got a question. How many people in the room, and I, I want you to be brutally honest for a second, okay? Like, nobody's going nobody's gonna to look at you and raise their eyebrows. Nobody's going to say something ugly about you after you leave. Um, we'll, we'll say it in front of your face. That's how the journey is. How many people have ever felt like their prayers or prayer has not worked? Be honest. Like, you prayed for somebody and they ended up dying, or you prayed for a relationship and it ended up falling apart. You prayed for a job that you thought you were going to get and you didn't get that job. And it was interesting because over the last several years, I've tried to figure out because I've had several prayers that I have not had answered. As a matter of fact, I went on record several months ago by saying that I've been praying the same prayer for 30 years. There's a prayer that I've been praying for 30 years, and um, people have asked about it, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm praying that God delivers me from anxiety. I have a struggle with anxiety, and and it happens at at the most inopportune times. It could happen when I'm on the golf course. It could happen, you know, when I'm in my truck. And one day, I could be fine with all the world's struggles and all the world problems, and then my pen cap comes off my pen, and I freak out, and I feel like, you know, that's the end of the world. And so it's just one of those deals where it's, I've been praying, and God has not answered that prayer yet. But it's not because prayer doesn't work. And it's because he just chose not to answer the prayer yet, which I'll explain in a second. And it was interesting. This week, I bought a rec tech. Um, I'm in the... Co- There's like a cult following. Okay, if you don't know what a rec tech is, rec tech is a grill. It's a pellet grill. I also, I'm still manly enough that I have a real charcoal grill, like, and I like putting wood in it and sticks. And that's my preferred method. But there's times like on Sundays that I just want to stick something on and forget about it. And when I get home, it's done. And so I got a rec tech. Well, there's a big book that they give you. Actually, it's a downloadable book now. And it's actually in the back of it. Now, most guys in this room would not know what this is, okay? It's, It's instructions, Okay, it's an instruction book. And the, the idea of the instruction book is if you get to a certain point and you can't figure something out, you go to the instruction book. Most of mine are still in plastic, never been opened. Somebody else want to have that confession? Okay, good, we're all on the same sheet. So I get this rec tech and um, I'm having a hard time connecting to the Wi-Fi. The, it's Wi-Fi, like I can get on my phone and actually do everything on my grill. It's amazing, okay? So I'm, I'm going, I'm getting ready to call rec tech. And I thought... Well, let me just do what most normal guys don't do. Let me go to a little part of the back of the booklet called troubleshooting. And this is what it said. Is it plugged in? (laughs) Didn't know I had to plug in my grill. Plug it in. Is it turned on? Do you see the light? I see the light. I turned the light on. All of a sudden, guess what happened? 
it perfectly synced with my phone. I can, do, I can adjust all, and all I had to do is go to the troubleshooting page. I have a friend that works uh, tech for Apple, and he said 99% of the people that call Apple, their things could be solved if they would just go to the troubleshooting page. So guys, that's us, right? I'm the one that literally when my phone doesn't do what it needs to do, I make a phone call. And I sit there and I love it because I get to hear the same infomercial for about, about two hours, right? It's just looping there. And then like you're number 82 and the, you know, it's an hour and five and like, and I wait to the very, almost the very, and then I'm about ready to give up. Anybody almost like right, right. And then right then you're like, hello, this is whatever. And then they make you feel, they shame you. <laughs> Have you ever been shamed by customer service? It's right in your manual. That's what I'm calling you for. That's why I go through the line at Walmart that's not the self-checkout line, because you need to get paid too. <laughs> so it's one of those deals where troubleshooting. Well, here, here's what I, Over the years, I've kind of looked at prayer in a similar fashion. And I think you can troubleshoot prayer. I think there's things that we do. Now, we're not troubleshooting whether God's listening or answering, because we know God listens and answers to every prayer that we pray. So it's not a God problem, it's an us problem. And so when we're not getting our prayers answered or things aren't happening, I think we should step back and go, okay, let's look at the manual. Um, and, and sometimes we get, we get all kinds of jacked up because we, we don't even look at the manual or we forget there is a manual. Um, I was working down at Sherwood. Uh, how many people were part of Engaged? It, a couple months ago, we did Engage. Raise your hand. It was a really cool event. My small group, the one I'm a part of, we went down to Sherwood campus and we worked at uh, Dorothy Hines School, and we were building flower boxes so they can teach kids how to plant plants. Well, we were asked to put a greenhouse together. And, and so there's three of us. It's me and my friend Don Freed and a guy from our campus down there, A.J. Osborne. All very, two of us are very smart. <laughs> like two of us are really, really, really smart, right? And, and so we're looking. Well, I open up the box, because that's what you do first. You open up the box, and I can't find, like I know it's kind of strange, but I look for the instructions. Because it's a, it's a, I never put a greenhouse together. I can do it, right? So I, I'm pulling it out of the box and, and I'm looking, no instructions. It was a brand new box. So we get online and we're trying to Google phonic it and try to figure out how to put it together. So I get on my Google machine and I, I pull up that. Well, what we find out is they didn't buy a greenhouse. They, brought, they bought a greenhouse extension. You have to have a greenhouse built to put an extension on. We didn't have a greenhouse. So we wasted about an hour because the instruction book was wrong or, or was vacant. In our lives, when it comes to prayer, we have an instruction book. The problem is we don't go to the instruction book. We don't go to the source or have the conversation. And all prayer is, is a conversation between us and the Heavenly Father. It's not some mystic thing. It's not like we have to know certain chants. It's literally that easy. And so a lot of us, when we think about applying it to prayer, I've had people go, and listen, hear this one word when I say this. I have literally met people that have prayed one time, one time, and it didn't work, and praise the Never going to pray again. Didn't work. I've had people go, hey, that's good for somebody else. They have, you ever been, you ever have prayer, answer, envy? Y'all know what that is? Seems like everybody else, else's prayer gets answers, but yours doesn't. And you're sitting there like, and then I have a friend of mine. He actually, he comes to Journey. He said to me a couple weeks ago, I think he still comes to Journey after our conversation. My filter wasn't working that day. But I said to him, he said, Bobby, I think this whole prayer thing is a little bit of a sham. He said, I think, I think we've, because some of it's just circumstances. God just, I'm like, no, 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 no. And there again, that's where I developed the conclusion is it's not prayer. It's not the one we're praying to. It's us. We need to troubleshoot ourselves about whether prayer is being answered or not. 
Now, today what I want to do is I want to ask three questions that every one of us can answer or try to answer when it comes to prayer. So maybe you're at that, that threshold where prayer's not happening real well for you. They're not being answered. You're not, not sure what's going on. You can ask yourself these three questions. But I want to ha- here's I want to blanket everybody to understand one thing. I don't have all the answers on prayer. Somebody say amen to that. And you don't have all the answers to prayer. So if you're in our Sherwood campus and you think you have all the answers, you don't have them. If you're sitting out in our atrium right now and you think you don't have them, nobody has them. Now, here's the the big statement I want to make. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered or we think they don't answer. It's actually the answer that God's given us is no. And so many times we try to keep pushing, 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 and God's going, no, 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 no. Now, I know that journey, we're not going to quote, we would much rather quote Bon Jovi than we would want to quote Garth Brooks here. But think about that song, uh, Thank You for Unanswered Prayers. Like, I'm thankful that, honestly, they got answered. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's not yet, sometimes it's go, whatever it is. I'm saying that to say this. Don't get wrapped up today going, well, my prayers are, maybe you have the answer and you just haven't figured it out yet. Because lots of times the answer has already been given to you and God's not allowing to happen. He's telling you to push the brakes. And so when we ask these questions, this is if we're really, really struggling with prayers that we feel like God wants to answer, he's going to answer a certain way and they're just not happening, okay? So here's the first thing. I want everybody to get that this is really, really, really important. It's a question I want everybody to, you know, somehow or another uh, figure out in their mind. Am I praying, and, and I, I checked this out with a friend of mine that's actually uh, an English teacher. This is a grammatically incorrect, and I know it. I did it on purpose to make everybody mad at me today, okay? Am I praying good enough prayers? Are my prayers good enough? Now, last week, you're saying, Bobby, this is contradictory to everything you said last week because you were talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. They would, they would try to have the good enough prayers, and they went, I'm not talking about that. When I say good enough prayers, I mean our prayers are they the right motives? Are the right reasons? Are we doing them for the right? Are we, are we actually wanting God to answer? How are we asking these questions? What's our motivation behind it? And it goes back to James chapter four, verse three. It says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Meaning you're asking with the wrong motivation. You're asking with the wrong, the, the, the whole motive you have is that it's almost like we expect God to be this genie in the lamp. We rub the genie's lamp and he pops out and he gives us whatever we want. That's not what prayer is. Prayer in its core basic element is this. I am communicating to the creator of the world and he's going to offer me all kinds of insight and all kinds of things. And here's what happened. And you can write this down if you want. This is just personal. It's from my journal. When I've analyzed my prayers, I've realized that my prayers, why some of my prayers don't work. Here's the first reason. The majority of the prayers that I pray are me-centered, me-driven prayers. They're about me. Me, 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 give me, give me, give me, give me, give me all this stuff. God, make my life better. This, God, make my life easier. God, make me look good. God, give me more stuff. Make me the envy of the neighborhood. Because I don't have enough enough, nearly enough stuff to keep me occupied. So give me some more stuff. That's not biblical prayer. It isn't intended to be a magic formula that you get or I get what I want. You know what it's for? Can you write these down? Prayer is there so you'll learn the will of the Father. We we read it last week, right? It said, uh, you know, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I had a conversation this past week, which actually, or two weeks ago, it actually blew me out of the water. They come in for premarriage counseling, Okay. And I'm looking at them, 
And I don't know why I didn't ask the question the first time, but I asked the question. I said, have you asked God, is this the person you're supposed to marry? Because they just seem that there's just tension that's going on. Is this the person you're supposed to marry? Is this the person? And this is what they said. We didn't even ask God his opinion. And I'm going like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't even know what the will of the Father is? That's part of what you haven't prayed about? That you haven't had any conversation? They're like, man. Well, I get a phone call this past week, and they've broken their engagement up. Now, that's because of great counseling. <laughs> but, but how about your job? How about your relationship? Like, if you're single and you want to be in a relationship, how about school? Have you asked the will of the Father yet? See, that's what prayer is for. Prayer is also to learn what we need to change in ourselves. So many times when I'm in the midst of prayer, God is revealing the shortcomings in my life. We need to learn also, what do we need to do on the behalf of others? Like what, what, what's the people that are close, like right around us, what do we need to do? And then we learn to be part of what is important to the Father. Years ago, I read a book called Experiencing God. And one of the things in there, it's an amazing little statement. And the statement is, instead of asking God to join you with what you're doing, ask God, what is he doing that you need to join with him? Wow. Like, why haven't we thought about it? Because that's the whole purpose. It's to make him famous, not make us famous. See, that's what happens when prayer is done correctly. You see, it's not just selfish motivations that, 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 that we have to worry about. Because they, they do, they sabotage. You know what else it is? That, that there, I think there's a reason why prayers don't get answered. Because our callous disregard of others that are around us. I mean, listen to Proverbs. Listen to what this says. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. What? It made me think as I was studying this week, how much, what's the percentage of the prayers are for me and what's the percentage are for other people or other things? And I'm gonna just let you know, I am way out of bounds. And I would almost guarantee a lot of us in this room are because we make prayer about us. So here's two questions you can ask yourself. Ask yourself um, about your prayers. Am I asking only to satisfy myself? And then am I ignoring others around me in my prayers or without pray, with not praying for them. See, when we pray, we should ask these questions. Does it bring glory to him? Does it advance the kingdom? Does it help other people? And does it help me grow spiritually? I'm gonna say these again. When we pray, we should ask God, if he grants this request, whatever this answered prayer is, does this prayer being answered, does it bring glory to him, advance the kingdom? Does it help other people? And does, does it help me grow spiritually? That's a great litmus test. So it goes back to our prayers aren't good enough. Like we should be praying for, with the right reasons and the right motive. How many people have ever heard prayer changes things? Raise your hand if you've heard that. If you've been around church, you've probably heard it. Prayer changes things. And I believe prayer does change things. But the number one thing it changes is me. And so many times we're wanting to, we want it to change everybody else, but we're the one that needs to be changed. So that's the first thing, okay? We good on that? Everybody good? Yes. Everybody's gonna try to figure out that uh, over the next couple of days, how to answer that in their mind about their prayers. The second thing is this, am I praying big enough prayers? Are my prayers big enough? Like, am I just kind of saying these little itty bitty, just Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, fill up my little thing, you know? And I'm convinced the problem in our prayers is that we, I don't know anybody that asks for too much in prayer with the right motivation. I have never met somebody that says, you know something, this is what I'm praying, but after today, all of us are. Now, this is what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 21, 21. And Jesus answered them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and you do not doubt, you will not only do what, um, what you have done to the fig tree, he made the fig tree uh, wither just before this. But even if you say to the mountain, okay, so now we're going from fig trees to mountains, big difference, right? He goes, if you say to the fig tree, 
I mean, to the mountain, be taken up and thrown in the sea. It will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have what? Faith. faith. Big faith. Big faith. Not little faith. Big faith. So what do we usually ask for? God, just give me a little bit of money. Give me a 25, just a 25 cent raise. I'm, I'm good with that. Right? Oh, God, just, I don't want to have a vibrant marriage. I just want to be able to talk to my wife every once in a while. Like, I don't need a ministry that changes the world. I, I'll do whatever. God, I, I'm satisfied just making coffee in Jesus' name. Right? Just. So, how many people have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. You ever want to get rid of the kids? Okay, I did, that has nothing to do with the message today. I just want to see where you guys are at on this. Just making sure that we're, like, we think the same, right? <laughs> Moms are going like this. He's not talking about you. It's the other one. <laughs> so when my kids were small, they were six and four, right? So uh, if you guys don't know this, I have a six. Uh, t- she's not six anymore. Uh, she's 26, going to be 27, and I have twins. Lindsay's one of the ones that are a worship leader and one of our communicators here. She's, they're 24. She has a twin sister that works at a church in Atlanta. So they were six and four, I think, and Gina was doing something. She was out gallivanting with all of her friends, leaving me home just to do all the dishes and all that kind of stuff. You know? I can't even say that with a straight face, y'all. <laughs> so she's out doing whatever, she's, whatever women do, Jesus-loving women doing. And so I'm sitting there, and I, I asked, and this is how I preface the question, if you could have anything for dinner tonight, what do you want? Now, I was thinking we're going to the Golden Arches. Or Shoney's, because it was like Tuesday night, and it's all... Y'all remember Shoney's? Anybody remember Shoney's? What a great... When they had the Tuesday night, all-you-can-eat, whatever, Italian, like one night, I think it was Wednesday night, was all-you-could-eat. Like, I would pile bacon on top, like bacon on top of bacon on top of bacon. That's how much... So I said, any, you can have anything you want, anything you want to eat, whatever it is, don't wait, whatever you want. And the team leader, the six-year-old, because the oldest one is always the bossy one, right? The six-year-old pipes up and says, tater tots. No, no, no. You, you don't understand. You can have anything you want. Like, like how about that place that, that, that get the, little, the, the little box and there's a toy in it and we will not tell your mom you're getting fries. You're not, you don't have to eat that stupid apple that's in there. Like you get to have whatever you want. And, there, and, and I said, so, so all three of the kids, what would you guys like to eat for dinner tonight? And she goes, tater tots and potato chips. <laughs> now, every college male, that was a staple of our are eating, right? When we were in college, right? I get it. Tater tots are fantastic. I had tater tots last night with my dinner. Love tater tots, okay? But I am offer them anything they want to do. So then I let me rephrase the question. If I can take you anywhere, you can go out anywhere you want to go out, anywhere in the whole entire world, which to them was one block, anywhere you want to go, where do you want to go? Now, one of the brave four-year-olds decided, I'm going to pipe up. And they said, outside. (laughs) Our dinner that night consisted of potato chips, tater tots on a deck outside in their little play school thing. But I learned a valuable lesson. I could have given them anything. And I had the money that I could have bought everybody a Happy Meal. And then daddy could have got a double quarter pounder with cheese and we would have had a good night, right? Milkshake, dipping the fries in right? Vanilla only. So I could have, but they settled for tater tots and potato chips. And it made me think how we settle with the prayers that we offer to God. He's saying you can have anything in the world and all we want is tater tots and potato chips. 
He wants to give us the best jobs we can possibly have, but we settle for tater tots and potato chips. He wants us to have the most amazing career, the most amazing friendships, the most amazing marriage, and we settle for tater tots. Now, they're good, but it's not filet mignon. It's not a big juicy steak, is it? But we settle for it. See, here's what I'm thinking. If we pray little cup prayers, God will fill that little cup up on And if, if we pray bucket prayers, God's... This is the way most of us pray. God, just give me a little bit. Give me 25 cents more an hour. Let me just have this. Let my, my kids get along. Let me fight. And he will fill this thing up, won't he? Amen. He will fill this thing up. What happens if we move from these, these prayers to five-gallon bucket prayers? Like, God, not just take care of my needs according to your riches and glory. Do it exceedingly abundantly. These are exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine prayers. Just what, what would happen if some of us just moved from this prayer to this prayer? And oh my goodness, dare to think that some of us in this room would pray these kind of prayers. Like we expect God to do it way more than, than any. So I went on record today and I'm in trouble. I can tell you that already. Because already today, people have walked up to me and go, where do you think? What do you think? What's gonna happen? Where's it gonna happen? I don't know if you guys know this. About two years ago, a year and a half ago, somebody gave us a church. Gave us gave us a church. We were literally praying as a staff. God, open up, a, open up a door for us to get a building. Open us a door for something to rent. They gave us the building. Yesterday, we had 70 men at a men's fellowship down there that was absolutely amazing. Last week down there, we had uh, several people ask Christ to be their savior at the Sherwood campus down there. Right now, they have over 100 people down there serving. And, 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 and right now, they're with us doing this message. So you know what I'm praying? I actually went on record last night with two of our elders. I said, I feel like God's about to give us another church. Amen. Several years ago, I had a friend of mine that was uh, down in South Georgia. And maybe, maybe you don't, don't remember this, but South Georgia was under a desperate um, drought. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't grow anything. And I have a pastor friend, he's down in South Georgia. And he said that he called his church to prayer. And so what he did was, he said, tonight we're going to have a special prayer meeting and we're going to pray that God would bring rain. So our crops, our cotton, everything would start to grow. In, you know, people were having to move from the community. He gets up there that Sunday night. He, this is what he tells me. He gets up on the stage that Sunday night and he looks out and his heart is just dropping. He is so distraught. And he goes, we came here to pray for rain. We, we believe that God's going to bring rain and bring, bring sustenance back and the economy back. We feel like, we, we, we said it, we put it on Facebook, we did all this stuff, but nobody brought an umbrella tonight. Nobody brought an umbrella tonight. If we're going to believe for rain, you better have an umbrella in your hand. If you're going to believe in these big prayers, you better have a way to start working these things. I, I challenged Alan, our, our uh, executive pastor, Alan Runner. We love, Alan's phenomenal. I, I said to him um, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I said, God has given me a vision for this church to do five churches in five years, five different plants. Now, I don't know what it looks like. 
They may be micro churches where they're watching the TV and there's 25 or 30 of them just watching the TV. They may be just like Sherwood. They may be bigger than this campus. Man, bucket prayers. Hey, how about this bucket prayer? That you'll have the most amazing marriage that you could possibly have. That's a bucket prayer. That you're not going to settle for halfway. Or all of your children are going to come to know Jesus. And all of your children are going to come to know Jesus and serve somewhere. And all your children are going to come to know Jesus and they're going to have impact in the world. How about this one? That, that God, would you give me a job that not only pays the bills, but... but... So, somebody's going to take this wrong. And I know you're going to take it wrong. I've been praying that God would make us millionaires. Me and my wife, Gina. Okay? You're going, what is this not? You just said not to do. Hold on a second. Something I know about me and my wife, she's not here, she was in first service. Something I know about me and my wife is that both of us believe in extravagant generosity. Amen. There's not many needs that go on around here, whether it's students from other campuses that need to go, that we do not somehow or another figure out how we can be generous in this thing. And you know what I believe? I believe that much is given, much is required, but he's also proving that we could be trustworthy with little and he's going to give us more. And so I'm praying a bucket prayer. You know why? Because I want, I want the world to see that preachers aren't about driving Lamborghinis up and down the road, that they're not about having sharp suits and looking fantastic and have a million dollar sock, that, that preachers in this world, in this church right here, in this church, are extra, they give away more than they receive. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? That's a bucket prayer of mine. So if anybody wants to cut me a check for a million today, we're good. <laughs> See, he's waiting for the size of our prayers and the size of our faith somehow or another to catch up to the size of his promises. Did y'all catch that? He's waiting for the size of my prayers and my faith to catch up to the size of his. He wants to do that all. He's just waiting for me to have the belief that it'll happen. Let me give you the third thing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna maybe close today. Am I praying, Jesus, in my prayers, am I praying long enough prayers? Are my prayers long enough? And I don't mean, I don't mean the longevity of the prayer. I don't mean that it has to go now. Now, that being said, I actually told several of our staff members that a conviction that God's, just a personal conviction, okay? And I'm, I'm going to start our 930 when, when the 930 happens. Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, when they go up to the, the, the uh, 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 the Mount Transfiguration. He goes, and he comes down and says, you can't even pray one hour with me? They were all asleep. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I struggle praying an hour. I, I, I'm good for about 11 minutes. And then I'm swiping my phone and seeing, uh, I'm reading the script, you know, all that. So one of my goals in the 930 is I want to pray, I'm going to pray an hour, an hour at a time through the whole 930 every, every day. I, I want, I, I'm, it's not about the longevity of that prayer, it's about the persistence of that prayer. Yes. Yes. And when I say long enough, I don't mean that you didn't pray long enough time-wise. What I mean is you gave up too quickly. And I think what happens in our lives so many times is we give up right before God's ready to do something. God's about to pour out a blessing. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. And he said to them, which of you has a friend will go, uh, will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. He said, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get up and give anything because uh, he is his friend. Yet, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever. You know what that word means? Shameless persistence. 
It means you are relentless with your prayer. That because he almost wore them down. That's what happens in the scripture. To the point where I am giving it to him because he's driving me absolutely batty. You know what happens in our lives? We pray a prayer one time and it doesn't get answered and we stop praying. And God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. There's more to it. This is what he says in Luke chapter 11. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given, uh, uh, given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be doored. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who knocks finds. And everyone who, uh, I mean, everybody seeks finds and everyone who knocks will be open. In the English language, this is what it's called. A present imperative act, uh, active voice. This is what it means. It's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask and I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek and I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to knock and I'm going to keep on knocking. It means we, we're, 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 we're absolutely, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt, persistent in our prayers. I, I love the way Luke 18 says it. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought all, always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a, widi- a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my uh, adversary. For a, for a while, he refused. But afterwards, he said to him, Though I I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because the widow keeps bothering me. Shameless, persistent. Who had kids again? Here was a litmus test whether it was important to my kids. If they asked for it one time and never asked for it again, it was not important. But if they asked and asked and asked and asked, they generally got it just because of their persistence. I was reading something this past week. It was kind of interesting. Uh, one of the world's largest uh, magazine fulfillment centers. So they're the ones that call you like a, a gazillion times or send you emails about, about like Bass Pro Shop magazine or, you know, whatever your golf digest or whatever your, you know, the Magnolia Farms thing, whatever, whatever you guys get, okay? They made a mistake and they sent this to a farmer that had uh, apparently been on their list. He got 9,734 notices in the mail that his subscription had run out for National Geographics, which he never had. He finally said he, he got off his tractor. He goes 10 miles to the post office. He writes a letter. He goes, I give up. Send me your magazine. 9,734 times. We give up after one, don't we? Two? Two? Maybe some of, us, some of us are really resilient in our prayers. Maybe we do it for a month or two. Are you willing to pray a year, two years, three or four? When you, got, when you know that God's doing something, are you willing to run down that road with all of that? I'm going to give you the fourth thing. We're going we're to close right here. And I left this for last for a reason. And some of you are going to go, you should have put this one first, Bobby. no. Because I have a feeling that a lot of us end up in this one right here. Am I praying any prayers at all? Do we, do we just run to whatever society says is the answer? I had a conversation, and I'm not going to get in an argument with anybody in this room today, okay? So don't come up to, after me and tell me about your politics, because I will absolutely walk away from you. But I was having a conversation with somebody. is about the vaccines, non-vaccine, vaccinated, mass, no mass. I mean, just in this past week again, we're, we're all confused again. Nope, nobody in this room knows what's going on, right? Let's just be honest. I'm thankful for a God that does. I just wish he would tell some of us, right? 
just, I, I, I want to be smart and go. This is the, but I made this comment. Because I looked at all these walls. Pat told you guys that we had walked Monday. I, I walked Monday morning before our big picture team and then Monday before our prayer at 11, 11, um, 11 o'clock. 11.30, what time do we pray? Thank you, 11.30. I'm always early because spiritual. Um, I was a little disheartened. Now, I think somebody put it up there at this first service, but there was nobody to put at, on our prayer walls anywhere. God, heal our land from COVID. We love to argue about it on Facebook. We love, you love to give your opinion. I love to give my opinion. We love to no mass, this mass. We're like sheep going to blah, 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 blah. How about if we prayed about it? What, what, what about if we prayed for God to heal our land? What, what if we prayed God protect us as a faith community? Instead of arguing about it, See, see, the world knows everything the church is against. It's about time we tell them what the church is for. And we're for seeing a mighty move of God in this community. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. When you pray, pray this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's the assumption that we're praying. I said this last week. It shows, statistics show that only 7% of the local faith community, the local church, only 7% of the people that go there say that they have a prayer time with the Heavenly Father. That means the rest of us maybe pray for our meals, maybe we pray over our kids once in a while, but we don't have an active prayer, you know, a prayer time. What if we prayed about these things? James says it like this, you desire and you do not have. So you murder, you covet, and you cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. You don't have because you do not ask. You don't have it because you don't ask about it. Most of us aren't even, according to statistics, we're not even doing these prayers. How ridiculous is it for me to ask you to do a barrel prayer when we're not even doing this? So how about if we start doing this? What would happen? Somehow or another, I feel like God would move. Somehow or another, I believe that God would do something. And so we're gonna start right here in this faith community. We talk about it a lot. This is a church. I don't know if you guys knew this, but this is a church. And we still believe in a God that still does things. And we believe that prayer still works. And if we can't pray in the church, don't worry about praying in the schools if we can't pray in the church. So this is what we're gonna do today. And I've, I've struggled how to figure this out because I know some people are still sensitive to all the COVID stuff and I wanna respect you and I wanna, but at the same time, I wanna be a pastor that believes in faith and believes that God's gonna heal and, and, and believe scripture's still true and it says lay hands on the sick and, 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 you know, and they'll, they'll be healed. And there's constant times where it talks about prayer. So this may not be the best way and you may not feel comfortable. And if you don't, I apologize in advance. But I feel like we have to pray as a church together. I feel like we have to do something that's very visual so we can see that we're not the only ones, that we're not on an island, that we're literally part of a community that a lot of us are struggling in this room. Somebody say amen to that. And so today, if you have come here today to Journey Community Church and you have a need that you need God to answer, it could be marriage, it could be kids, it could be job, it could be whatever. It could be mental health, it could be whatever. I want you to do me a favor today. I want you to have an extreme boldness, maybe like you've never had. I would ask everybody else to, to shut their eyes, but I'm gonna ask you to open them in a minute. You're gonna see it anyway, so. But if you, you have a need and God is the only one that can fill that need and you know he is and we need to pray about it, I want you to stand up right now, right where you're at. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just for your honesty being vulnerable, 
being authentic. It could be a healing that needs to take place, physical, emotional. could be a spiritual thing today. Whatever it is, I believe that God wants to answer these prayers. And I want to say this, it's not because of my prayer. It's because the one we're praying to. Okay, everybody understands. It's the one we're praying to that's going to answer these prayers. So what I want to do is I want to pray over all of us today as a faith community. And the team's going to lead us in another uh, song today. And the song just talks about, God, I give you everything. I'm saying yes to you. And when we say that we believe in prayer, what we're saying is we believe and say yes to God. Whatever it looks like, yes to God. Whether it's a healing of our marriage or healing of our body, whatever it is, I'm saying yes to God. Let's all of us shut our eyes for a second. And I just want to pray over us. And as soon as I say amen, I'd like for everybody else to stand up and we're going to be led with Justin and the team in this song. But right now, Heavenly Father, I don't know the needs. I don't know. I, I, I know a few of them. I know there's marriages that need to be mended. There's, there's broken relationships. Uh, there's court cases. Just this past week, several of us heard the C word when we were at the doctor. Some of us are unsure about our jobs right now and how that's going to play out and whether we're going to have to move or our kids. God, whatever those prayers were lifting up, could you in this moment, with your divine wisdom, as we have a conversation with the Creator, Creator and creation having a conversation? with your grace and your mercy and your amazing knowledge, would you start to speak to some of those prayer needs? But would you start speaking to us about direction and your will? God, would you bring healing where healing needs to come? Would, 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 God, would you bring confidence where, where some of us need to have confidence, where fear is gripped, God, addictions, God, would you break the addictions that so many of us have in this, have in this room? God, we don't, we're not doing it so Journey gets a label. We're not doing it so Bobby gets a, something on Facebook. We're not doing it so we're doing it because we want your name to be lifted higher than any, any other name. We do it for the name of Jesus to be lifted up and made famous. In this place, would you do that, God? As we give our lives over to you, would you see fit to move in our lives right now? In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.